It was Monday of Holy Week this past week, and I was sitting at my desk trying to get through a mountain of paperwork that, of course, had to be done before Easter Sunday, and I get a text from my sister. Notre Dame is on fire. My, thought, my first thought was the university, and I thought maybe there's a riot going on or something, and they're burning the university down. So I go on the internet to see the first images of the great lady of France on fire. I was, I was just stunned. I, I couldn't believe it. I said, no, it can't be. But as we all know now, it was. Then there was the hoping that it wasn't as bad as it looked and that when they put the fire out, maybe there really wouldn't be that much damage. But there was a ton of paperwork to get done that was in front of me, so I turned the internet off and went back to work. But the images kept nagging at me and what was going on and I couldn't let it go. What's happening to this great cathedral? So 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by and I just can't take it anymore. I have to have an update. So I go back online and things are going terribly wrong. It's getting worse. I try to get back to work but another 10 minutes go by and I just have to go back and see what's happening. And this goes on for quite some time, every 10, 15 minutes. And every time the news gets worse and worse, the entire roof known as the forest, because it took an entire forest to build it, is completely enveloped in flames. The famous central spire collapses. The lead waterproofing of the roof is foiling the firefighters' efforts because as the water falls on it, it's doing its job in keeping the fire, uh, water away from the fire. And one of the priests of the cathedral reports, it's all in flames, it's all in flames, all will be lost. Now, I've never stepped foot inside this cathedral. I have very little connection with it other than it's part of the Roman Catholic Church and its role in art and architecture and literature. Yet I was terribly moved by the events of its destruction. So I had to sit down and go, why is this bothering me? and moving me so intensely. And you know, it's more than just a matter for those series about art and architecture, art and architecture, or if you're a historian or a romantic or a Francophile or a Catholic who's just proud of his heritage, this tragedy is of much greater proportions. We hear a lot about nations and cultures and religions being radicalized today. It usually ends in deaths or with the destruction of something. But when true Western culture is radicalized, what does it look like? Western culture that owes almost everything to Christianity in general and Catholicism in particular, when it is at its best, when it lives what it says it stands for, what is the result? It's not McDonald's or TV reruns of The Bachelor. It's not drum machines or bomb threats. It's Notre Dame. That's what rises up out of the ground when our culture remembers that at its heart is a loving and merciful God who teaches us sacrifice and responsibility. That which is true and good and beautiful it's what humanity can and does and did accomplish when it recognizes the dignity of the human person and when the human person realizes his responsibility to humanity.
When artists are more concerned about inspiring all that is great in the human person, calling us to greater height instead of the artist's own narcissistic angst. Notre Dame is us at our best, at our potential, at our most human. A touchstone when we get lost in ourselves or in texting or scandal or abundant and private and free porn. Silently, she stood there saying, remember, this is you at your best. You can do this. Look up. There is hope in your potential. And so to see it burning, a loss of such a great icon of this incredible relationship between God and man was heartbreaking, a tragic loss, a tragic loss of who we can be. And it seemed like in the morning, it was just going to be gone like that. Now, I wonder if, of course, to a much greater degree, this is what the disciples and Mary and all the followers of Jesus experienced when they witnessed his death. There was so much hope, so much potential unleashed. They were so washed in new insights and excited about incredible miracles. The world was changing, becoming more alive and more hopeful. And then to see the cause of their hope slowly dying on the cross, like we watched Notre Dame burn, praying at every moment there might be some miracle, some reason to hope, until it was just over. He was dead. And it seemed there's nothing to do now but take the body off the cross and bury it. In both of these true life stories, incredible beyond miraculous things happened. After the horrible conflagration was extinguished in Notre Dame and it was somewhat safer to enter into her blackened nave, they found the great stained glass window still intact. The altar with its large cross was still standing. The vast pipe organ was still in the choir loft. And miraculously, votive candles still lit and burning away the pious prayers of the faithful, still offering their pleas to God even under the seemingly world-ending flames of hell above. It was like the Marys and Peter coming to the tomb after Sunday morning, expecting what any sane person would, the husk of their leader and their final duties to him as they prepared to bring to an end what they thought was going to be so great. But what they found instead was an empty tomb, the burial clothes put aside, stunned soldiers, angels declaring that he had risen when everybody thought the movement was dead, it was just then that it was taking new life to save, to inspire, to give life, to offer, to offer hope, and to bring us to our potential. In every age, we have to remember this, in every, every age, there was a time that it seemed like the faith was always on the verge of passing away. Most of the time, it seemed that the faith was in danger. More times it did that than it seemed like it was conquering the world. From the very beginning with the death of its leader in its third year, to suppression from without, to scandal from within. Yet she springs up new, shedding off the ashes that fall upon her 
And even as her roof seems to burn, her true life starts to grow beneath again. This phenomena is what led Thomas Babington Macaulay, the Protestant historian, to write of his amazement and respect for the Catholic Church. He said, there is not and there never was on this earth a work of, of, of human policy so well, well deserving of examination as the Roman Catholic Church. The history of that church joins together the two great ages of human civilization. No other institution is left standing which carries the mind back to the times when smoke sacrifices rose from the pantheon. The proudest royal houses are but of yesterday when compared with the line of the supreme pontiffs. That line we trace back in an unbroken series from the Pope who crowned Napoleon in the 19th century to the Pope who crowned Pepin in the 8th. And far beyond the time of Pepin, the August dynasty extends till it is lost in the twilight of fable. The Republic of Venice came next in antiquity, but the Republic of Venice was modern when compared to the papacy. And the Republic of Venice is gone and the papacy remains. Nor do we see any sign which indicates that the term of her long dominion is approaching. She saw the commencement of all the governments and of all the ecclesiastical establishment that now exists in the world, and we feel no assurance that she is not destined to see the end of them all. She was great and respected before the Saxon had set foot on Britain, before the Frank had passed the Rhine, when Grecian eloquence still flourished at Antioch, when idols were still worshipped in the temple of Mecca. And she may still exist, exist in undiminished vigor when some traveler from New Zealand shall, in the midst of a vast solitude, take his stand on a broken arch of London Bridge and sketch the ruins of St. Paul. Someone walking into St. Sebastian tonight, after all the church has been going through lately, might expect to see a ruined shell of what she once was. But tonight, we stand in this newly restored church. A couple of hundred voices will soon shout out the renunciation of evil that has marred her life when asked by their pastor, do you reject Satan? I do and all his works, I do, and all his empty promises, I do. And more miraculously, we will witness three people, Elizabeth, Adrian, and Rebecca, who will stand before you publicly and by saying, I believe all that the Catholic Church teaches to be added to our number, growing our family locally and universally. May you walk away tonight more inspired than ever to live the true life that Christ modeled for us. May you have ever more hope and may it be said of you as it was said of Peter as he walked away from the tomb. He, you went home amazed at what had happened. <laughs>